It's your boy Tommy V of Raw Sex. We're going to jump right into it. And, you know, if you know me, you know I'm an advocate for mental health for men being taken more serious, especially specifically black men. And you want to know what I've really noticed in the last 10 years of my life. And I don't know why it just finally just punched me in my face, but it did. Um, The real true proof that black men's mental health is not taken seriously in America, not by other races or black people themselves and when I tell you what this proof is when you think deeply about it and I want you to take the time to think deeply about it even if you have to pause the episode and come back four or five days from now I don't care just think about it this way what I'm about to tell you you would think everybody would want to take serious I mean let, let matter of fact let's before we go into black the black man who is known to do mass shootings who has the highest suicide rate? Now, I'm talking about men now. You know that, right? Who, who in general, who is known to do some of the most violent things, right? If, a, if you have men who, uh, for example, like some people call it like incel rage, right? Guys who just can't get any, you know, vagina, which, you know... I would say it's like a it's like a double-edged sword these days. It's like getting easier to get to get sex and it's also harder at the same time when you think about it, you know what I'm saying? Like I remember a time and I don't know maybe just cuz I was younger, I don't know. But I mean, I was an adult. I remember a time where, you know, well, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Actually, I'll leave that alone cuz that's going to take me to a whole another place, right? But you would think that overall men's mental health would be taken more serious when we've shown what it looks like when our mental health isn't taken serious. Now, I'm not I'm not justifying any shootings, any rapings, any murders, uh, war, country versus country, nation versus nation. I'm not going to justify racism or anything else that I feel like could possibly be the product of ignored mental health. Right. I'm just saying both genders when their mental health isn't taken seriously, we see different outcomes. But we don't see women going to the extreme. And what you think? They're not capable? You think a woman can't walk through a, a school with an assault rifle? You think a woman can't walk through it? You would, what, 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 like, what, what do you think? How many serial killers do we have that's female versus male? Right? It's countless males. We can dang their name every every at least famous female serial killer that, that ever existed. You know? Uh, one of the biggest serial killers that ever existed in America, believe it or not, was not a white man. It was a black man. And he was responsible for the death of, I, th- I believe, over 90 women over the span of maybe 10, 20 years. And 10, 20 years, a black man killed over 90 women. Mental health should be taken more serious. But what I, what I the proof that I, I see, right, without having to go see the, these extremes of violence... Right, and I was just approached by 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 one of these brothers that I'm about to talk about right here. I just, I just drove by another one, right? I just literally drove by another one. Is I don't even want to say homeless people because all of them ain't homeless. And until you start talking to people, you'll realize that a lot of people you see that's outside all day, they're not homeless. Nor do they claim to be. They just have mental health issues that get ignored and don't nobody give a damn about them. Not even other black men. You see what I'm saying? And, for example, like, you know, I'm, I'm riding around. I was I was downtown 
earlier today driving past Centennial Olympic Park, right? And there, as I'm driving, I, I notice the cars are slowing down, and I, and I see something in the middle of the street. At first, I think it's a. It's gonna sound offensive, but I mean, it's what it looked like from the distance. It looked like a bag of trash. And uh, basically, long story short, as I got closer, I noticed that this was a person. And who is it? It's a black man. Black man wasn't poorly dressed. He looked like, you know, you know, he honestly, you know, he fresher than some of these dudes that's out here right now. He looked decently young. He had to be between the ages of maybe 20 to like maybe 30 years old, 33 at the most, right? And he was sleeping in the middle of the street. I kid you not. And he wasn't sleeping. I got out of the car thinking he was hurt because he was crutching himself. And as I got closer to standing over him, and I'm, I'm the only person that stopped to help him. Other cars drove around him. I stopped and I, and I actually got out of the car because I, I, I didn't think it was a mental health type thing or a homeless man or a drug addict. I thought that there was something going on, like he got hurt. Because in all my years, I've just seen a lot of crazy stuff, but I, I haven't too many seen too many of them just go lay down in the middle of the street. And when I stood over him, I said, sir, are you okay? Are you okay? He got up. He looked very dazed and confused, like he didn't know how he ended up there. And he just walked onto the sidewalk and continued walking down the street. Now, this is a clear sign of mental health. We would understand that in anybody else, right? Now, some people say, well, Tommy, don't you think that they have white people and Spanish people do the same thing? No, not at the rate that you see black men. I mean, you, you, you go to any city in America and you see, you'll see this. You'll see this in the suburbs. I've seen it in the suburbs with black men that live in the suburbs in pretty decent houses. They weren't even on drugs. They weren't even alcoholics. And here's the thing about it. There are poor and desolate men from every single group from the whites to the Spanish right to the uh, the Asian but for some reason there's just this huge abundance of black men showing severe mental health problems. Now, if you guys will give me a second. Give me one. You won't know because I'll just come back. Well, hold on, y'all. Okay, so basically you see this so much. If you live in a major city, you know this. Like It's to the point where sometimes you don't even see the white men that are lost and the Spanish men that are lost and the Asian men that are lost. You only see the black ones. They're outside by themselves. You know, and I get that most of them, for the most part, yeah, they make a little noise. They might run around, but they don't really do too much. But you would think someone that clearly unstable, at the bare minimum, you know, government funded institutions or private organizations that are there for, you know, the, pres the perseverance of life and safety of buildings and people and animals and vegetation would have stepped in and said, we have to find something to do with these people. They're just everywhere. 
I mean, you can go to the nicest side of town and there's black men, you know, talking to themselves. I, was, I just walked, I was leaving a restaurant and a black man sitting outside the restaurant. I don't even know my own sister. Like, and it, it, I mean, he's clear, clearly a mental health case, right? Why does nobody ever go and grab these men and find somewhere safe for them to be? Because I tell you, one or two things is going on with these guys. Either they have reached a level of severe desperation for attention to the point where they don't care how they look. They don't even care what kind of attention they get. Or there is something severely wrong with the chemistry in their brain. And there is something that is literally rotting their spirits. Now, I'm not judging. I'm speaking from a place of love. Mind you, like I told you, and I'm not bragging or boasting. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm the only person that got out of the car to make sure that this guy was okay. And no, I'm not green to it. I've been seeing this damn near my whole life. Some of y'all are like, well, I would have just drove by because, you know, that's just, that's just normal. You must not be used to it. No, I'm very used to it. Through the consequences of my own actions, several years ago, I had to live on the streets. So I was around these people. I've had the unfortunate, once again, based on a lot of the decisions I've made, and I don't blame no one else, of being in jail with a lot of these people. And that's the place that most of them end up. They just throw them in a jail and then they throw them in a jail full of sane people who, yes, may have committed a crime or may have broke the law or violated probation or something like that. But they're sane. And you're in here with a whole mental health case. I mean, to the extremist form. Because to me, when once you get to the point where it's not just you threatening to kill yourself and you're sad all the time, but you get to the point where you're literally in a, in a deluded state of mind. Where it's apparent to me that some of these guys don't even know where they are. That man, the one that was talking about he don't even know his sister, approached me. He's clearly in his upper 30s or 40s and said that he needs help getting to school. And I couldn't help but, I didn't, I didn't really you know, go into it with him. But I couldn't help but think, did his brain get stuck at a young age through a traumatic experience? That might have happened to him. So he's literally like, he, yeah, he's grown, but he's really like a, a kid. And when you talk to some of these guys, it's like talking to a child. And I don't see many programs or anyone really outreaching to grab these guys and at the bare minimum, at least get them somewhere safe where they not only can't hurt someone else, but they can't hurt themselves. Because at this point, I don't, when I say hurt themselves, I don't even mean suicide. That's not what I mean at all. What I mean is them thinking they're somewhere and they walk into something and hurt themselves. The, the, I, I knew a, a man that was like that in East Cobb in the suburbs. His family had a house. So for all y'all thinking it's always a drug addict or an alcoholic or someone who's not educated or someone who's from the hood or from the poverty, that's not always the case. And he was literally... There was 
only there was three people in that area at the time. And it's funny, and I'm going to show you this. There was a black man I'm going to speak to you about. There was a white one. And there was, a, there was a, I don't know what he was, but he looked like he was maybe Filipino or something like that. Could have been Mexican. The Mexican guy, his family grabbed him. Right? The, uh, the white guy, his family grabbed him. The black guy ended up one day walking onto a train track and getting hit by a train. He's dead. All three of them had a family. Uh, but, you know, black people, we have this crab in a bucket mentality. It ain't my problem. It ain't my problem. I tried. I tried. White families, you rarely see them give up on their kids. They can't sleep knowing that their kids are just outside, just running the world, knowing damn well they don't have no state of frame of mind. Trust me, there are white kids and white people just as prone to becoming like these black men as there are black men, but they, it doesn't happen as often. And I, I think some of it has to also do with, you know, you know, the way black people are so promiscuous. You know, and I was in a country town not too long ago and the way they were talking, it was just like. They're having sex with their family members. And we know that could create a. Uh, a kid that is like dysfunctional because of the mixing of the it's like a scientific thing right I don't know too much about it but some of y'all probably know more of what I'm trying to say I don't want to y'all know I know this is raw sex but I do have to be politically correct about things that I do have respect for and, and I, I, I don't want to you know put out that type of energy but you know what I'm trying to say dysfunctional when I say with dysfunctional right they're special And you see it. You'll see these grown black men that are 38, 40 years old. And when you, even the ones who aren't completely thrown off, it's like when you talk to them, it's like talking to a child. So, so what happens? What happens? What, how, do, how do we get here? Men can't express themselves. And if you watch, if you listen to my episode where I did the review on this lady who was a therapist and she got fired for going on TikTok, I agreed with her. I just felt like the way she was going about it was definitely unprofessional, right? We do need to expand our, uh, what she say, emotional vocabulary. Because I think a big reason why a lot of men end up like this, black, white, whatever, end up in these huge pools of just depression and you know, mental health that can literally change the wiring of the person. I don't think a lot of these guys that you see sleeping in the middle of the road or just walk around talking to themselves and saying random things. I don't think that they were always like that. And you're not going to tell me that every single one of them, they just came out the womb like, I don't know my sister. Nah, bro. These were people that were just like me and you at one point. Might have been a little less intelligent or intellectual, but at the end of the day, these are normal people gone wrong. So where did it go wrong? Well, one, a lack of attention, a lack of affection. Lack of attention and lack of affection leads to people feeling the other A. You want to know what the other A is in this equation? Alone. Anyone who feels alone is going to lean to their own understanding. Now, if they feel that way at a young age, now you're talking about leaning to the understanding of a freaking eight-year-old. 
Nobody gives a damn about us. What we have to do as black men is preserve our mental and spiritual health as much as we can. Because if you're waiting for the black woman to do it, you're going to wait forever. If you're waiting for another man to come and do it for you, 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 you forget forever. You die. He has his own problems. You have to build this up for yourself. Because if you think that you're so big and bad that you can't end up like one of these brothers walking down the street, dazed and confused, then you have certainly lost it already. You've already lost yourself. In this godless society, you don't stand a chance. Most of y'all listening right now, you're not prayed up. This is what they do. They, they destroyed us. They know we can't succeed without the men. Without strong family units. So your grandma, she died from the soul food. Y'all don't hear me. Your grandpa died from overworking and heartbreak. Your mama a hoe. Your daddy a deadbeat. Or he chasing money or women or something. You have nobody to pray for you. So you spiritually lost. They know these things, man. Then in comes the trauma and this fake masculine bull crap that all of us have fell for, including myself, that you got to suck it up and don't cry. No, cry. I'm not ashamed to say lately I've been making myself cry. If I feel that sad, I don't suck it up. No, I go somewhere and I cry. And I have no shame in that. Reach out to those who reached out to you. Because there are going to be people in your life that are going to care. But you can't knock their hand out when it comes out. You have to reach out to them and say, hey, I need help. It might be a while. It might take some time. Please don't give up on me. When I see these brothers who are, some of them are in shape. Some of them are even good looking. Right? You can look under the the rough beard and the dirty skin and and the ugly clothes and see that this man was once a handsome man. Who looked like he could have stood a chance in society. I wonder how many people gave up on them to the point where they gave up on themselves. And am am I at this point simply looking at the product of someone saying, I quit? Because all of us are one bad day away. Most of us are one bad day away from, right? Right now you're moving confident because your mom been alive for 50 years. So you think she got another 50. She could die today. And that could... That could be it. You could be doing real good with your woman and everything going good. And in one, one, three, four days, all it takes to ruin even a strong relationship is two, three days. That's it. It doesn't have to be permanently ruined. Just like you don't have to sit there and permanently grieve over your dead mother or your dead homeboy or whatever. But when you don't have the necessary tools and resources or you feel 
like you don't have the necessary tools or resources, which to me, feeling and actually not having is the same thing, right? Essentially. Then you might just give up. And you never know what that could look like for you. For everybody, it could be different. Some people, they don't sit there and say random things. They don't say anything at all. I've seen people that sit there and they don't talk. If it meant that they didn't eat today, oh well. They won't speak. They haven't spoken years. I almost became like that once. I'm not going to lie to you. I really, and it was more choice. I would say I was like, I'm not going to talk anymore. And it wasn't because I was like trying to punish people around me. Or I just felt like when I talk, I get in trouble. My, 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 my mouth get me in more trouble than anything else. I was like, I'm not going to talk anymore. And I almost stuck to it. But y'all know me. I can't, I can't shut up. <laughs> if I ever gave up, I'd probably be one of those dudes that walk around talking all day. Right. And I've had moments of of breaks in my mental health where I've when I look back at it now, at the time I didn't know, but when I look back at it now, I was on that path to ending up like one of these guys. Luckily, something or someone caught me and I always have someone praying for me and I'm always believing in God and praying. But you have to even do more than that. You have to seek counseling. You have to seek people around you that actually love you and want to see good from you. And they won't just give up on you. Take your mental health seriously. It's so, it is literally devastating, man. It, it literally breaks my heart to see what black men go through because the differences between what black men go through and what other people go through is we tend to have to go through it by ourselves and it's like a boo-hoo type thing when you when you tell the world what you're going through it's like oh god here you go get over it i couldn't imagine telling these women to to just get over it you have so many black men who were sexually abused as children that were, or were in, in incest situations. How dare you tell any of us to get over it when we haven't even got a chance to talk about it with nobody? Because that makes us gay. We feel gay. We feel weird. If it even okay, if it was a woman and you don't feel gay, you feel weird out. We have to swallow that. We have to swallow losing our fathers. We have to swallow losing our mothers. We have to swallow the violence. We have to swallow the, the the false misogyny. We have to follow. We have to swallow all of these things. Don't you think at some point somebody's gonna break? And don't you think at some point someone's gonna break? There's no sympathy for the black man. And some people listening like. Nah, man, you can't just say that. Like, it ain't like that for everybody. It, it might not be like that for everybody. And God bless those people. But what I can tell you is, whether it's like that for everybody or not, it's definitely like that for a lot of us. Just go outside and look, bro. You'll see. You'll see it. And the more you travel in this, just right here in this country alone, 
And you go to towns that aren't popular. You go to towns that even in the states that they're in, those people haven't even heard of them. You start to see like, damn, well, I see a lot of poor white people out here. And I know they all smoke meth. How come their white men aren't sitting on the side of the street going crazy in abundant rates? You might see three or four. You you go, you go you, you look around, it's like for every three white men that's running around desolate, it's like 30 black men. These brothers are lost, man. And it's like nobody cares. Was like, you know, and like I said, and I, I think that guy is a great example. Like he because of the way he was dressed and I mean he wasn't like how do I describe how he was dressed? I mean he was dressed like normal, like, you know, he didn't look bummy really. I didn't even assume that he was like a dude that was out of it. I just thought he was hurt. And people were driving past this man that was literally laid out in the middle of a very busy street. And I stopped and I got out of the car and stood over him and I asked him, sir, are you okay? When he started to stand up, I started to realize, oh, this is another brother that's just lost. I don't know if he's high on drugs. I don't know what it is. But he's lost. And it's sad. It's so heartbreaking. It's so sad to see. And I I, I don't know what's more sad seeing that or just seeing the lack of help, the lack of outreach, the lack of anything, the lack of resources. Even me, myself, I don't know what to tell people. And somebody said, well, what's the solution? I don't know. You're talking about years and years and years of programming. It can't just be, I don't feel like it could be unprogrammed overnight. All we can do is set up for the next generation. That's it. One of my exes, her dad was a scholar. Brilliant man. They haven't seen him in years. Last they heard, he's roaming the streets of, uh, I forgot what state. Dang, how did I forget the state that they came from? Her father. Brilliant dude. Had it all. And, uh, after meeting her mother and after seeing everything just play out, I, I strongly believe that they destroyed that man, to be honest with you. And I'm not just saying that just because of anything. I'm just telling the truth. I think, you know, I think they destroyed that man and they don't want to take responsibility for it. And that's why their life is always in shambles. But at the end of the day, whether they did it or whoever did it or whatever, there's a black man that had it all. And that was literally now roaming the streets mindlessly. A little boy, actually, a little boy that used to live with me and my mom back in the days smart kid Josh Josh was a pretty good kid like he used to love to watch this show called um, Ancient Aliens with me he loved watching some Ancient Aliens very smart young man he lived in Jamaica from the time he was born till he was about maybe four years old I met him when he was about four years old last time I saw Josh he was about Maybe, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. That's when he lived with us. When he lived, when he lived with us, he was like a, like a young preteen or teenager. 
very normal to me. Um, but I do know the story of his life and how his dad, you know, was kind of violent with his mom and eventually left and doesn't really check on them. His mom eventually got married, married to a, a good guy, a good white man. They moved to Seattle. Last time I talked to my mom about Josh, he told me that Josh started going outside and wandering around aimlessly like he was out of his mind. And like the police were, or people were having to pick him up like he's lost his mind. Josh is 18 years old. He's a very smart, he was a smart kid when I met him. Let alone years later when he lived with he was he was like a genius. I, I always knew, like, Josh is going to be something. Josh is walking around Seattle aimlessly. Talking to himself and things like the, of, of that nature. He's lost his mind. And I'm not saying that, like, through the expression, like, you, you're going to lose your mind. No, he's literally lost his mind. DMA, remember, DMA said, y'all going to make me lose my mind. That's serious for the black man. He lost his mind. Plenty of times I've almost lost my mind. And we get laughed at. All, all, all men, really. And y'all want to know who has it bad as well, believe it or not, the brown man. You don't see it, but the brown man has it bad too. We got to start, we got to start look, looking out for our, our Spanish brothers. Because they're... You think that we're taught to be hard? They're taught to be hard, too. They're taught to shut up and be a man and all that other stuff. And, you know, that worked at one point, I think, like in, in back in the days when there wasn't so much other components involved, you know? But, like, the whole shut up and be a man, be a man, shut up. And, and it's crazy. Some of the most emotional women, right? who are so liberal and so modern and so, oh my gosh, they don't even realize that they're hard on men too. I mean, masculine heterosexual ones, they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll level up with the gay boy and, and hug on the gay boy and tell him it'll be okay and get him help. They'll put him on their couch or whatever they got to do to help the gay boy or the feminine boy. But the masculine boy, they don't help the masculine boy. They roll their eyes and laugh at his mental health when he's when he's seeking attention, when he's crying, when he's reaching out to the world. They laugh at him. Some of them even add more fuel to the flame. And it's sad. It is truly sad to see what is happening out here. We have to start doing more research. We have to start doing more outreach. We have to start taking, even if it's just one person at a time, like taking more, take somebody under your wings, something. We have to start, we have to start preventing. We have to start thinking about what is it that we do as a culture, as a society, as a people, as a nation, as a country. What can we do to prevent our young men from ending up like that? Because... You don't want these guys out here like that. Yes, because some of them just sit there and talk to themselves. But some of them rape. Some of them steal. Some of them kill. Imagine you getting stabbed up by some dude 
who just, I don't know, his brain has told him that you're the guy who molested him. And you've never seen him a day in his life. Then we say, damn, this is messed up. Jimmy got killed by some random bum on the street. But what could we have done as a society to prevent that bum from being on the street out here thinking, out here with his brain so chemically just twisted that he could look at somebody and his brain would trick him and say, there's the guy who touched you when you was a kid. He's the guy that made you even the person that you are right now. So desolate. And then you get angry and want to stab the person. And don't sit up there and knock it. Some of y'all, some of y'all knocking it, but you know, damn well, if a girl went and stabbed the guy who raped her, you would look at her like, damn girl, why you throw your life away? But I understand, girl. So don't, 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 don't judge the brother who want to go kill the dude who molested him or kidnapped him or hurt him. What can we do as a society, though? Because, and some people say, well, we have to stop people who molest people. Yeah, but it's not always molestation. And life is always going to happen, right? Because think about it this way. If it was just about molestation, everybody who's ever been molested would be walking up and down the streets with a knife in their hand, right or wrong. But they're not. You got some who cry about it maybe every night, but they get up, they go to work, put on a face, and they, they, they at least can live a sane, a decently sane life. So it's deeper than just stop the molesters and stop the rapers and stop the abusers and and you ladies need to stop cheating on men and breaking their heart and leaving them every chance you get and 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 the teachers need to be nicer. No, it's deeper than that. It's wait because these things are just gonna. This is unfortunate, but it's just life. Girls are gonna leave dudes. Girls are gonna cheat. Men are gonna rape kids. Men are gonna molest kids. Women are gonna molest kids. Women are gonna rape kids. It's always happened. It probably always will. Now, of course, I'm not saying to let it slide. We definitely need to work on these things. But there's there's something more to this, to what I'm talking about than that. And we can't just look at this few people and say, well, if they were strong, then forget those guys. Because we don't even do that to women. And we don't even do that to most white men either. So don't come over here and try to do it to my, to my black and brown brothers. Well, I was raped and molested and my dad left me. You don't see me walking down the street. So, nah, that's the problem now. Why don't you, instead of looking down on that brother that's that's walking the street, why don't you use whatever, I guess, whatever strength you did, fine. And maybe try to go teach him. For all y'all looking down, I hope you run into one of these guys, bro. If they're going to take somebody, I hope it's you. We have to start doing more. You got to start paying attention to them early warning signs. I was just telling my, 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 my friend this yesterday, you know, sat down and had a meeting. And he was also telling me about something, something's going on in his life and how his nephew is going down the wrong path. And as he said, his nephew's such a smart kid. He said, oh, he don't know what's going on with him. I said, this is the time to grab him. Don't wait till he's in prison. Don't wait till he's a bum on the street. Don't wait till he's a, a parasite. Grab him now. Talk to him now. Take him under your wing. Because you don't want to feel like, damn, I could have maybe did something when it's too late. And so many of us have at least one person in our life that we could think of right now that, you know, it's like, it's, you know, if you don't grab this person, there's going to come a time where it's going to be too late. 
Don't be scared. Don't be prideful. Don't don't fear failing. At the end of the day, as long as you do everything in your power, you should feel okay about it. You should feel like, you know what, I did what I was supposed to do. Don't give up. Give them a hug. I was, uh, I forgot what I was watching, or it was years ago, too, and I was reading how, like, the science and, like, the mental science behind hugs. And I had a breakdown because I wasn't hugged that much as a child. And it was like, are you telling me that one of the strongest medicines I could have got that would have prevented me from being as depressed as I am now as an adult was someone just literally hugging me? And it's not, and sometimes it's not always just about getting a hug. Even though when I, what I, I do remember what I was reading was just saying like a hug in general, even from a stranger. But sometimes it's who, Right. My mom was not an affectionate woman. She showed her love in different ways. To my mom, showing you love was washing your clothes for you, you know. And that's cool, but I needed a hug. If you're a woman, especially if you're a woman listening right now and you feel touched by what I'm saying, I know you have someone in your life. It might even be your boyfriend. Or your husband. Might be your own son. Could be your father, your uncle. Go hug a black man this week. Go hug a Spanish. Just give him a hug. They might be like, what are you doing? Right? Because they might not be in a bad mood today. What are you, what's going on? Just give them a good hug. And if it's your boyfriend or your husband, don't, don't do it. Don't do no sexual stuff. Hugged his people like they were dead. And God brought them back for one day. Everybody listening right now has somebody in their life that's died. How would you hug that person right now if you could? That's how I want you to go hug these people. Because these people are about to die. And I don't mean that just physically. I mean spiritually. And honestly, spiritual death is worse than physical death, in my opinion. I mean, imagine having to live 30 years of your life dead. On the inside, you—you, I mean, you might as well just took me off this earth. Now I've even asked God, said, God, if you're not going to, to, take away this torture and this torment in my soul, just take my life. Don't let me sit here for the next 30, 40 years, miserable. You know, and it's a—it was a hard prayer to have because. I don't want to die. Even me, I have to struggle and I still struggle with my own mental health. So many people think I'm so tough and I'm so sane and I'm so logical and analytical and da 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 da. Like, you know what's crazy is this white this white lady. Shout out to to the white ladies of the world that are like this because I don't really see. I'm just keeping it real. I don't see Spanish and black ladies like this too often. But shout out to this white lady. She. And it, and it was so crazy, man. It was so small. I had a page called Televised Evolution. And 
on that page, I pretty much just posted everything that was going on in 2020, right? All the video footage and everything. And this girl, she wrote me and she was like, I forgot exactly where for, I don't want to quote, misquote her, but she basically said something along the lines of, hey, you know, I'm praying for you. I know it must be hard doing what you do, you know, scourging through the internet for all this very depressing footage. I know that it must take a toll on you. And I'm like, if somebody can see this through the internet, how come the people around me can't see this in my own life? This, to me, these videos, yeah, they might trigger something, emotions in me, but I have real life problems that make, that take a toll on me, you know? And this white, this white girl, you know, because this white girl was able to, to just see like, there's no way that you could sit there and go through all these things. It don't matter what you say. You just post regular captions and keep it moving, but there's no way a human being can, can go through all that and be all right. And she's looking at me post videos of riots and police shootings and stuff like that. So I can only imagine if if she was someone in my personal life and she's seen what I was going through. And it's like sometimes we have to be the one to step up because men are taught not to. So just because he's sitting there looking sane, you as a woman should be able to look at him and see what he's going through and say, there's no way he's okay. I don't care what he says. There's no way he's okay. There's so many things that can trigger so many relapses in, in one's brain. You have to be able to look at him and say, man, there's no way that this man is okay. There's no way. And that's what that same mentality that that white girl had. All of us need to have. Especially for the people that we can have it for. The people that we know. These are the people that we say we love, right? The people that we're closest to. You can look at these people and say, there's no way. He acts like he's fine, but he's not. I had a friend like that. And I ain't gonna go into too much detail. But that friend is now in jail. For a very violent murder case. Where he slaughtered someone. In their home. And and out of everybody I know, I never thought it would be him because he was the one that I was always okay. And I knew all the stuff that was happening in his life with his family. He's also a victim of Hurricane Katrina, right? All these things that was going on with his education, with his relationships, with, with, with the women, the falling out with his friends. But he, he seemed right to me. There was times where I'd be devastated. And he'd be the person I would call him like, bro, what should I do? He'd be like, man, you know, you got to just, you know, be strong, brother. And he's now in jail for literally mutilating someone's body. That's what the, that's literally what the police report says, that their body was mutilated. This is a black man I'm speaking about.
this gangster stuff, all this being gangster, gangster, it's not working. Big gangster, gangster, it does nothing for nobody. You see some of these gangsters out here, they twist it in the head. Twist it. So I'm going to go now, man, but. Even this doing this podcast, like you don't think this has a toll on me? I take on the sacrifice because I, I feel like I, I I just want things to change. 